You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer, priests of the Diocese of Fargo, pleased to join you uh, as we are privileged to do on a monthly basis from the uh, Grand Fork Studios. And we had an uh, unseasonably warm uh, stretch here back. I think Tuesday was the day where we had about a 90-degree high. So... Um, uh, I know that uh, the sugar beet farmers are not too um, not too pleased with that. They like the, the cooler conditions when they're lifting the beets, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I guess uh, it, it, it's nice to have moderately warm temperatures at least to to ward off the um, the the advance of winter. And I have to do an on-air confession as well. How um, you know, all summer we've been in drought conditions where I'm from, like very very bleak. Yes, we desperately need a rain. I've been pleading with the Lord all summer, you know, please send us rain and and uh, so now this weekend it looks like forecast looks like it's going to be rain and it turns out I don't want any rain on Saturday because I have an event. Oh, <laughs> sure. So I feel so torn, you know. Just like, <laughs> so I'm trying to be thankful to God for how He brings His divine providence. But yes, exactly. That's yeah. The, our timing isn't exactly the same as the good Lord's when it comes to that. But yes, there are areas, pockets along those northernmost counties in North Dakota that really have been um, uh, abnormally dry all summer long. So whatever moisture we can get them before winter sets in will be very helpful. Well, we have uh, with us another guest from the great state of South Dakota. Al Nordstrup is with us on the line. Uh, welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It is great to be able to visit with you. Uh, please uh, give us a little bit of an introduction uh, of yourself and, and what uh, what you're doing these days. Sure, thank you. Um, well, I'm a family man. I've been married to my wife, Kathy, for 46 years. Um my wife, Kathy, works at the local church uh, for the last 23 years. Uh, we've got two kids and six grandkids. And uh, for business, what we do is we run a family entertainment center. You guys are from North Dakota. You've probably heard of a company called Thunder Road. Yes. Indeed, yes. Uh, that's my family business. We uh, Actually, at one time, uh, we started uh, Thunder Road Fargo, and uh, we sold it about five or six years ago, and now we're operating uh, Thunder Roads in South Dakota. We've we're doing that previously too. So, mm-hmm. the kids in the the Fargo location they love the um, the the indoor arcade, but also the batting cages. There's lots of different things for for a family to do on a on a, on a sunny summer afternoon. There, fantastic. And so you are you're you're currently um, a uh, senator in uh, the state senate in South Dakota, correct? Yeah, uh, been, correct. I've uh, been a leg- been in the legislature for 21 years. So, yeah. uh, as you can. Here by the description, I'm juggling a few balls. Yes, but, yes, but, definitely. So, how how is it that you made the decision to first uh, uh, run for public office to throw your hat in that ring? Well, I um, a friend asked me. A, uh, actually, my son was a, a page in the legislature, so we went down to. But that's what parents do: is they go out and and uh, enjoy a day with their with their children when they're pages and not. Uh, a uh, current legislator came up in the balcony and, and said, have you ever considered running for the legislature? And I said, well, I haven't really thought about it, but that's a wonderful idea. So we ended up running that year. So, 
Fantastic. And so you've been uh, working hard representing folks. Tell us a little bit about the district that you represent, uh, just kind of geographically and, and the makeup of it. Well, it's been, you know, every every 10 years we redistrict, so um, we're actually on my third version. Ah. Uh, the, 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 the current version is pretty much Aberdeen. Um, okay. It's a wonderful district because it's about three miles north south and about three miles east west, and uh, that's a wonderful compact district to work through. So, so right. you don't have to worry about a lot of traveling to see your constituents. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've got a friend who represents northeast South Dakota who tells me that I can walk across my district faster than he can drive across his district. So. Yeah. Probably so. Yeah, that's to say nothing of uh, the West River area and and all the uh, square square miles that you have out there too. Yeah, exactly. definitely. And uh, as it uh, happens, at the beginning of last hour, we were visiting with a, a gentleman from Ron Colley High School. So uh, those those school systems in Aberdeen are are a part of uh, part of your region, uh, part of your district as well. They are, and we're blessed to have uh, three. Three uh, high schools. We've got uh, uh, the public high school, Aberdeen Central. We've got Aberdeen Roncalli, who's been doing what they've been doing for I don't know, maybe fifty years. And we've yep, got the sixtieth anniversary is coming up. Okay. Yep, fantastic. And then we've got a fairly new one, uh, Aberdeen Christian, and they've been uh, doing it for about ten years. So uh, a lot of great choices in Aberdeen. Very good. Well, um, one of the main reasons why we wanted to visit with you is uh, with regard to your uh, pro-life activities um, and uh, your association with uh, Right to Life uh, efforts there in South Dakota. Give us a little bit of uh, the background and history of your involvement with this. Well, I've always been pro-life. Um, my pro-life philosophy comes from my, mo- from my mom. Um, and she didn't necessarily talk about pro life. She she just lived it. So um, that that's, you know, the, the, the belief was there from the beginning. And then when I joined the legislature, I um, had an opportunity to learn more because that's the, kind of the center of the storm. And uh, I got to work with some really great people. I uh, started my legislative career with a uh, representative Roger Hunt, who's really the uh, would be called the Godfather of the pro-life movement in South Dakota. So I uh, had a great chance to work with good people. Excellent. And, uh, of course, your position there uh, as an elected uh, uh, state senator, you've been in a position to really help uh, shepherd through and um, uh, guide uh, legislation. Tell us about some of the uh, main accomplishments that uh, you might be uh, most proud of, um, you know, certainly during your time uh, in in public office. Well, that's an easy selection. Uh, I was the Senate sponsor and Roger Hunt was the uh, house sponsor, and basically what the bill did is said that, um, I'll back up a second, before this bill went into effect, uh, what would happen is an abortionist would fly in from Minneapolis and uh, meet the patient, say, at 1 o'clock, and have the abortion done by 1.30. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no doctor-patient relationship, and there's no... So what what the bill did is it said uh, they were... The abortionist was required by law to wait for three days, and so they would. Then, in that case, they would fly and say Monday meet the uh, pay, meet, meet the meet the victim. I would call the the person who's considering the uh, abortion, and uh, then they'd schedule another appointment for Thursday. Well, what happened when they did that was 
um, approximately 75 women per year never came back for the second appointment. It's brilliant, brilliant. And you just think about it. 75 human beings in a year, mothers chose to continue that pregnancy, and uh, 75 people per year um, are now alive because of a bill that says wait for three days. Think about it. Well, what, what it and does, it, it just it exposes the the thing behind this whole industry of on the part of the person who's seeking the abortion is fear. And it just it's overwhelming fear is what drives a person uh, to do this. Exploiting so, that fear. It, exactly. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's a it's a rush, and it's a um, uh, we've heard testimony from many women in the legislature saying that if if just one person would have reached out and provided that lifeline. It had made a different decision. So um, during that three-day waiting period, apparently somebody, uh, or the other part of the bill was uh, we offered them counseling during that time period. If they if they wanted to uh, go to a, a pregnancy health center and, uh, and, uh, and participate in counseling, that was available. So during the three days, that magic was performed where those um, unborn babies were saved. Now, in the state of South Dakota, do the pregnancy help centers, do they get any government funding or support, or how, how does that work? They don't, and my understanding is they prefer not to. Uh, they don't want the uh, rules and regulations. They they want uh, the freedom to do what they do. Right. They can operate independently from the, uh, like you said, uh, the, the regulations that might come down because uh, a friend in, in, in that position uh, in the administration might become a foe at a later time, right? Well, just sometimes the bureaucracy forces you to, uh, for example, uh, at one point we were doing some things with um, um, and alcohol and uh, that type of research. Basically, uh, the government comes in and says, what you need to have is counselors that are master's degree. And we say, well, no, we don't want uh, necessarily a counselor with a master's degree. We want, right. we want a counselor with, with experience and, and, and a heart for the, for the problem. So, mm-hmm. so that way they're able to determine uh, the, the way best to meet the needs that, uh, that they are facing in the locality. Very good. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, uh, when we we're going to step aside in just a moment here for a break, as we are visiting with um, we're uh, visiting with Al uh, Nordstrup. Uh, as he is uh, telling us about the, um, uh, the the great work that's being done on behalf of uh, women and, and their babies in the uh, state of South Dakota. And there's a great uh, event that's going to be coming up right in his neck of the woods that uh, we'll be uh, talking about a little bit here. So uh, stay with us as we continue this conversation. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. 
As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Hi, this is Ben Frost from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I work with adult evangelization. I'm also a father of five children. And for me, I'm just so blessed to have Real Presence Radio in our area because the reality is, is life gets very busy. Uh, the many blessings of working in the church and also raising five children and being a husband. But sometimes I just need times to refuel and to just be present to the Lord. So for me, it's just such a blessing to go into my car in the busyness of my day and to turn on Real Presence Radio. And it really renews me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit. And it helps me to be a better father, helps me to be a better husband, and it helps me to be a better worker for our church. So I'm just very blessed that we have Real Presence Radio and we continue just to pray for the Lord's blessings and support for all of their amazing work. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer here in our Grand Fork studios. And uh, we are celebrating today the Feast of St. Matthew, Apostle and Evangelist. So one of the bigger days on the calendar. Um, if you're uh, planning to attend Mass later today, get that uh, missal or hymnal ready to pray the glory to God. You know, Father Gross, I know a little... I love Catholic trivia, little things, whatever. Okay, so you know, like the the Apostles' Creed. Yes. Tradition is that each, you know, there's there's twelve statements in the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Each apostle apostles gave one. No, no, whether that actually happened or not, kind of doesn't matter. But it connects up with the idea that twelve apostles and there's twelve months of the year. And originally, it's the understanding is that there was a feast for each one of the apostles in one month of the year kind of a thing. But because of time and different things like translation of relics, things like this. Yes. Certain months lost out and certain months, I think some of the months have like three apostles in them. Yeah, well, and like you just said, um, Philip and James the Less are paired together because of their relics having been transported and housed in the same church in Rome. You know, various other examples. I I kind of feel sorry for the months that don't have an apostle now. You know, and then the months do. But anyway, Matthew is uh, the month of September here, right? Yes, yes indeed. As well as uh, other uh, wonderful feasts we had the Korean martyrs yesterday, a group of a hundred mostly uh, lay uh, catechists and believers in the 19th century. I always look forward to the angels. It's the angels, October 1st, also September 29th, St. Michael and the Archangels. Right, right. Yep, the Archangels and then the Guardian Angels on the 2nd of October. So uh, back to the business at hand as we have uh, Senator Al Nordstrup uh, joining us from his his, uh, district in uh, the Aberdeen area in South Dakota. And uh, your hometown is going to be a, um, a pretty big player when it comes to an event going on that uh, the South Dakota Right to Life is is hosting this weekend. So could you tell us all about that, please? Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, Aberdeen is hosting the South Dakota Right to Life convention. 
Uh, it starts on Friday and it goes through Saturday. Uh, the Friday schedule is the doors open at 6 o'clock and the event starts at 7 o'clock. And then um, on Saturday morning, we uh, the event starts at 9 o'clock and the uh, doors open at 7.45. So uh, the really neat thing about the convention is the speakers. Um, we've got uh, four, we've got uh, five major speakers. Um, we got uh, Melissa Coles, and she is uh, famous for the documentary I Lived on Parker Street, which is a wonderful 30-minute uh, video about uh, the advantages of adoption compared to uh, abortion. Okay. First speaker. And uh, I'll, I'll, I have the uh, webpage uh, pulled up, so I'll just kind of mention each of these other folks and feel free to chime in with whatever you want to say about them, uh, Senator. Uh, Camille Pauly is uh, another person who will be a speaker, the co-founder and president of Healing the Culture. So she will be with you as well. Correct. Okay. Uh, she's got uh, a lot of videos, over 100 videos on the Internet that just are common sense and they're anywhere from two minutes to 60 minutes. And so uh, if you Google um, Healing the Culture and Camille Pauly, his last name is P-A-U-L-E-Y, Pauly, mm-hmm. um, you get some great um, videos, and most of them are fairly short and convey great wisdom. Yeah, there's also someone who um, uh, deals with uh, folks in, in your line of work as Ingrid Duran, the state legislation director for the National Right to Life Committee. So you'll have some representation from uh, the national office joining you at the convention. Uh, yes, and Ingrid um, helps us throughout the, in the state as we, uh, as we have different ideas or legal questions or uh, trying to draft a bill. She's very instrumental in that. She has good, a great background in uh, uh, the drafting of bills and uh, just the, uh, the politics of um, the bill. Very good. And then uh, lastly, John Hansen, who is a um, uh, South Dakota representative, uh, vice president of South Dakota Right to Life, and co-chair of the Life Defense Fund. So he'll be joining you as well. Yeah, and, and I obviously served with John, and he's uh, really the, the thought leader in terms of um, the legal side of things and just the uh, politics, and he's a great person to work with, and he's uh, just does great work for the Right to Life. And right now he's working on the uh, the um, preparation for the upcoming, we're fighting a, a ballot issue at this point that will allow, if it passes, if it's put on the ballot, it will allow abortion up to the day of the birthday. So it's... Uh, pretty important that we win that fight yeah yeah and and uh sadly and in, in various states throughout uh, the country there have been some initiatives that have come up for vote that uh, haven't been uh, going our way so the um the the advocacy needs to continue to continue to persuade uh hearts and minds when you think about this uh, annual convention and the people who are coming together from all different parts of the state i could imagine that as individuals from time to time people can become discouraged you know that there's a lot of um you know a lot of weight you know being put against uh uh uh, you and almost a sort of a loneliness uh tell us about you know what your experience is when folks of uh, a common cause come together and are able to really build each other up at the at events like this well and that's exactly right um it's um the battle is so important because lives hang in the back lives hang in the balance 
And uh, it's just getting together and get re- re-energized and listening to the speakers that uh, convey that uh, simple truth is uh, really uplifting, like you say. So. Yeah, and uh, just one other thing I wanted to mention, then I'll toss to Father Leffer here. Also, there is a mention about a breakout session during the course of the convention for middle and high school students. Uh, can you speak to, about, uh, speak to um, uh, the work that South Dakota Right to Life is doing with regard to young people and uh, encouraging them to become more active in uh, the pro-life cause? Sure. Uh, Cassidy Peters is leading that. She's the uh, youth convention coordinator. And basically, she'll be uh, teaching a, or leading a seminar, uh, a youth seminar, which is on Saturday. It starts at uh, 10.50 in the morning and ends at 3.15. So it's basically uh, about four or five hours. So it's, a, it's, a, it's shorter than the regular convention. It's designed for anybody in grades 7 through 12 and so on. So, so the, the whole event is it's a family-oriented thing. It's not just for, for adults. I mean, bring the whole family? Correct. Okay, the uh, so L, could you give us a, a sense? You know, uh, obviously Roe versus Wade was overturned last year, and so a lot of things have been thrown to the state level as far as legislation and stuff. And you know, we look in our area, and, and Minnesota tends to lead one way. North Dakota, we we lean, lean more pro-life way. South Dakota traditionally has been pretty pro-life as well. But how you know, now that the pressure's at the state level, what what do you see kind of present and percolating in the future? Is will South Dakota maintain kind of more of a pro-life kind of stance, or is it, are the scales tipping one way or the other? Well, we're, we're um, praying and hoping that uh, it does continue pro-life. Uh, the opposition is well-funded. Uh, the opposition um, doesn't tell the whole story when they um, advocate for their position, and sometimes they mislead. And so it's, 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 a, it's a challenge. Do you have reasons for hope looking into the future here? Um, I think the reason for the, the reason to be optimistic is the people of the Dakotas are common sense people, and they're not easily misled, uh, and they value uh, they get good values and they value life, and I um, just good people and. I think we're going. I think we'll be successful. So, and again, not, I'm just kind of generalizing here, but generally, like more rural-minded people are going to be more with conservative values and pro-life, and urban centers tend to go towards more. What, what, what you say, you know, would say pro-death, progressive, or progressive, pro-choice. How, how about your community of Aberdeen, who you represent? Do they hold on to traditional values, or are they more uh, prog- progressive leaning? I would say that for sure, pro-life. Um, it's um, the churches are strong in Aberdeen. The, uh, uh, the Catholic Church is very strong. There's two. There's two Catholic churches in Aberdeen, and uh, there's other um, denominations that are very pro-life. So uh, I think Aberdeen's going to be very strong. And, and again, we can't sit back on our laurels and just um, just trust on on what has happened in the past. Here, I mean, we, we we always we need to be like in the spirit of Saint Matthew today. We always need to be proclaiming the gospel, the gospel of life, taking it uh, to all corners, and, open to conversion, inviting people to conversion. And I think a lot of that has to be you know, reaching out to our brothers and sisters who who are hurting. Of course, remember we mentioned earlier about how fear is a driving factor for um, making that decision to, to get an abortion. And so, I mean, everything that we can do on the grassroots level of uh, helping out, assisting, reaching out, I love the Pregnancy Help Center things that you're um, that, are, that are out there, so forth. So, yeah, I mean, and so what you're, 
So, Al, I mean, you're, you've been at this quite a while. Do you see any young politicians coming up the ranks who are, who are going to be you know, advocates for life in the future? Um, sure, absolutely. Um, we've got a brand new one, Randy Schaefbauer, who's from Aberdeen. And uh, she's uh, just a great first-year legislator. We expect great things from her. And there's other ones, too, statewide, but uh, I'm going to tip my hat to Brandy. Does your legislative session meet annually or every other year uh, biennially there in South Dakota? We're, we're every year for 38 days. Okay, okay. So what North Dakota does is they do every other year, but uh, probably twice that amount of time in order to try to get all their work in. And then they have what they call a crossover where about halfways over, halfways through uh, bills that were taken up by the House or sent to the Senate and vice versa and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so, so it's a it, it's a commitment, but it's a relatively minimal in terms of the course of the whole calendar year, right? For uh, citizen legislators to gather in peer. Well, and I think you used the right word, citizen legislator. That um, most legislators we don't we don't get paid enough, and I'm not complaining, but uh, it's purposely designed so that we have full time jobs elsewhere, so that uh, we stay focused on the real world instead of on the. I think a lot of us like that model. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. We appreciate it. Are grateful for the virtues that come that come through there. So uh, now, Al Nordstrup, Senator, thank you very much for taking this time to visit with us today. Blessings to you and your family, and especially this uh, wonderful um, Right to Life annual conference coming up in Aberdeen this weekend. That final thought, if I could, please do. Yes. Um, Friday night is free and open to the public and uh, encourage you to come because all the speakers will speak on the first day and um, the other thing I would encourage people to do is go to the internet and, and watch the documentary I Lived on Parker Street it's, uh, I Lived on Parker Street okay yep it's uh, amazing it's fantastic well okay. we thank you for that thank you for that reference and uh, blessings to you and, and on the rest of your day thank you all right. Well, many of you, uh, many of our listeners are devoted to uh, practices of various uh, prayer devotions. Probably one of the dearest of all of them is the praying of the Holy Rosary. We get to visit with somebody who has uh, dedicated himself to making beautiful rosaries, and we'll hear about how this is a labor of love for him. Coming up after the break, you're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.